0: so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. Welcome to Imprint with Natalie Walton a podcast about creating a life you love. This is episode two. Before we start today's episode, I want to share the exciting news of a pre-order campaign for my upcoming interiors book, Still the Slow Home. It will be officially published in May 2020, but if you pre-order the book before then, you will receive an exclusive gift. I have created a mini masterclass based on my best selling course, The Styling Masterclass, and I will share how I sourced the homes within the book, how I styled the pages, as well as some of the big lessons that I learnt in creating the book and how I've applied those within my own home. If you want to receive this exclusive gift, as I said, you need to pre order the book, keep your proof of purchase, and visit nataliewalton.com forward slash still for more details. Hello everyone, welcome so much to episode two of Imprint. I'm really excited to share the first interview of this series. It is with a friend, Courtney Adamo, who... Um, Lives just down the road from me, but we had to record this interview remotely due to coronavirus. Uh, We have both been self-isolating, so even though we're just a short distance apart, we had to do it remotely. There are a few little uh, sound issues with this recording, which we've tried to fix up as much as possible, but please bear with it. I think that the overall conversation isn't impeding too much, and I hope that you enjoy it courtney and her family feature in my upcoming book still and i was really excited to share her story about how they embraced a slower way of life and i also really wanted her to dig deep and really kind of deconstruct the idea of how she is able to let go of things so easily Many of you will know her through Instagram. She has a very big following. And I think, you know, Instagram is one of those um, arenas whereby we can think that we know someone, but we're only ever getting a small picture. And I really wanted to explore her thought process behind the decision to leave London and how she was able to let go of her possessions the children's school, which she really loved, and this beautiful home that she had created. So they then went on a journey and traveled around the world, landed in Byron Bay, and we had known each other previously, but we have reconnected since then. And I'm really excited to share this interview with you and bring the conversation from the book, bring it to life so that you can learn a little bit more about her story and these ideas of embracing slow living. So I will now let you listen in and I hope you enjoy it. And I'll touch base with you at the end of this interview. Thank you. Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much for joining me today on Imprint, a podcast that focuses on creating a life you love. Before we begin, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself for those of um, our listeners who might not have come across you before?
1: Yeah, um, thank you so much for having me, Natalie. I'm really flattered to be on your podcast and um, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to, to share a little bit about me. We, I'm a mother of five. We live here in Byron Bay in Australia, just around the corner from Natalie. <laughs> um, and uh, we've lived here for about three years. And um, both my husband and I work from home. I am um, currently working on creating e courses for um, families, I guess. So I've, I've uh, last year I launched an e course aimed. At um, parents, uh, all about family lifestyle, and I'm currently working on a new one for mothers and mothers to be, um, all about pregnancy, birth, and the first year.
0: So I guess um, first of all, I'm so happy that we're actually finally able to have this conversation because uh, obviously I had hoped that we would be able to meet in your own home, and that would have been you know lovely in a very different dynamic, but. Mm. given what's happening in the world right now with coronavirus we're both self-isolating and so even though as you say we only live about five minutes down the road from each other we're actually doing this recording remotely so we're both hoping that the um the sound and the audio is all going to be okay because both of us sort of live uh well I'm I guess you could classify as being in the country, and the signals sometimes can be a bit patchy, so let's keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but i, I guess <laughs> I just want to um touch on or find out how you guys are going with this whole situation because i th- I find myself, you know, sometimes it can feel like a real challenge, but then, I also feel that in some ways it's this beautiful opportunity to slow down mm. and also a golden opportunity to really kind of reassess and take a, a pause and think about how we're living our life and mm. and what is most important. So how are you guys going over there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I am no different than anyone else in saying that I'm going in waves of, you know, emotional waves where one minute I feel really overwhelmed and stressed out and, you know, even find myself crying. <laughs> and the next minute I've, you know, I'm, I feel, you know, immense gratitude to, to have my health and, um, safety and to have my whole family, you know, all together under one roof. And, Um, like you said, I do think it is a wonderful opportunity for us to sit back and look at the way that we are living and consuming and um, treating our planet and treating each other. And it's an opportunity for us to kind of become more compassionate um, in all areas of our life. And I I really, um, I really believe that we'll come out of this stronger and and more compassionate. Um, I think in terms of slowing down, it's it's interesting because I already feel like we live a pretty slow life. <laughs> um, we've kind of got that part of our <laughs> slow living down. I feel we're quite good at that. Um, and, you know, we spend a lot of time, we live here and, it, you know, where we live, it's so beautiful and we spend a lot of time outside and at the beach and in nature and with our community. And so, I'm finding it a bit challenging to, I guess, just be kept home um, in our little house and to not be able to have that community interaction that we really love and value so much. Um, You know, it feels really lonely (laughs) um, and isolating, and I'm sure that that every one of us is feeling that way. Um, But but yeah, I, I mean, I think, it's interesting because because in some ways it's not that different from the way we live although except we just can't be outside and be with our friends as often as we like Um, and I also (laughs) have to say that it's not easy homeschooling for children and having a toddler at the same time um, especially having kids of all ages so I've got two two boys in high school and they they have proper assignments and tests from the school and so we're trying to support them through that we have two girls um in the primary school and of course we're trying to support them through through that marla's in year 2 so she's she's just learning to read and write and do maths and so we don't want her to lose steam in that and so we're trying to support her and and so we've just got our hands full with trying to to homeschool four children and then combat tantrums from the toddler, so.
0: I was wondering um, how this kind of homeschooling experience differs though from when you were homeschooling when you went on your trip around the world, uh, which we'll sort of touch on a little bit in a moment. But uh, I was just interested, because obviously you have done this before and you were doing it in a caravan (laughs) most of the time. Yeah. So how how do you find this experience different to
1: last time? Well, I mean, in some ways, I'm incredibly grateful that we had that experience, because I do think that it is, it does feel in many ways, very familiar. And we learned a lot in those 18 months of homeschooling while we traveled. Um, But of course, it's also incredibly different, because we now have, you know, high school aged children whose learning is way more intense than and structured than what it was before and instead of homeschooling 3 children we're now homeschooling 4 and also for us when we were traveling it was a constant learning in the traveling and so we while we did have structured lessons you know we we focused a lot on reading and writing and maths um and geography of course it it was we we didn't have we I, I guess we were able to take the pressure off of ourselves a bit because we we knew even if we skipped a day of those kind of more structured assignments they were still learning so much in all that was new around them and all the people they were meeting and activities they were doing and sites they were seeing and languages they were learning and foods they were eating and all of that was such an education in in itself um, so obviously, we don't have that right now, <laughs> um, and we're stuck um, in one little house all together trying to, we're, we're playing a bit of musical rooms at the moment, it's like every one of us trying to find a quiet room, the teenagers need to get on a Zoom call with their teachers, I need to get on a call, I'm trying to find a quiet space, and it's just, we're all shuffling trying to make it work at the moment.
0: Yeah, I can really relate, relate to that in a major way right now, especially when you're trying to sort of juggle work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So one of the reasons that I wanted to um, to record this interview with you um, as one of the first interviews of the series was because, as I, I'm, I think I mentioned, I don't know, we've, I feel like we've sort of covered so much ground already, but that you feature and your home features in my upcoming book, Still, mm. which is about this idea of embracing a more conscious way of living within our own homes. Yeah. And I felt that you and your family yeah. really embodied many of these ideas within the book. Mm. You know, After all, you packed up your life in London and sold off most of your stuff and decided to travel around the world as we touched on yeah. just a moment ago. And you didn't yeah. really have a known destination in mind in terms of where you were going to end up. But you were kind of, I guess interested in this idea of exploring a slower way of living. so what why was this important to you, this idea of slow living at that point? And was there a tipping point that led to that
1: decision? Um, I think there were several tipping points and and sort of so many different factors that that led to that final decision to to do that to to sell our house and to leave you know leave London um, and, and try to seek out a slower, a slower place to live. Um, you know, it it was something that, that I personally always craved. Um, and so it was about trying to convince Michael that that was something we needed as a family. Um, and so I sort of would mention it time and time again to Michael and, and it, It kind of had a lot to do with him coming around to the idea. But, you know, for us, our eldest was about to become, to turn 10. Um, We lived we lived a really wonderful life in London. I mean, I have really no complaints about it, but it was really fast paced and we were working really, really hard. And, um, it was incredibly expensive to live there. I think that was one of the biggest factors was just, you know, having to work so hard really to just live paycheck to paycheck. Um, and it felt like, you know, the expression of a rat race. I mean, it really felt like that. We felt, I felt like we were on a treadmill running and running and running and still just not going anywhere. And I guess one of the big factors that, that kind of tipped me (laughs) over the edge, there was a moment in the car where, um, we were driving home from school and Ivy was talking to me and telling me about something that had happened in the classroom that day. And I was so stressed with, I think it was something work wise, work related that I had, you know, a deadline or or something, a a project I was working on. And I was literally completely zoning her out. And I just got, we got home and I didn't even, she kind of looked at me and looked at me, kind of had this look of why aren't you listening to me? And I looked at her like, I don't have time for this. And then I took a seat set like a step back and just thought I cannot live like this. I I felt like you know I only was picking the kids up from school two or three times a week. The other days a nanny was doing it. On those days where I was being able to pick them up, I was feeling really stressed and rushed and I just didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to have I didn't want to be prioritizing work over my children and to be spending so much time away from them only just to be able to afford the life we were living. And, um, yeah, I mean, a few months before we left, we had to like take a second, you know, we had to get a bank loan just to pay the school fees. I mean, it was really financially, it was stressful, you know? And so we just, um, we just kind of had had enough. It's interesting though because in so I can see you know you
0: had all these different situations that were perhaps slowly accumulating and building to this sort of bigger tipping point but at the same time and this is what I asked you to write an essay about in the book was this idea that of letting go and I think that you are very good at this this idea of um that you you know you were able to easily let go of your possessions and let go of the school that the children were going to and this life that you had built up in London and all that your identity was that it was attached to it at that point and you were able to let all of that go and so I wonder um, I'll let people read that in the book but I wonder if (laughs) you (laughs) if you see yourself as fearless because I think there is like the I think you have a very strong sense of self and you have a Quite a strong core within you, and I wonder if you see yourself as fearless.
1: I do in many ways, and I think um, I think with with decisions like that, when it comes to life decisions, I do feel quite fearless. I think that's something that's maybe been me all along. So, even you know, even as a a teenager, I. I remember asking my mom if I could go study abroad in Spain. And she was like, no, you're, you're 16 years old, you know, maybe when you're in college someday. And then I remember I looked up, um, in a newspaper and found an actual exchange program offering and it listed in the newspaper. And I filled that out and sent in my application and I was accepted. And I literally went to my mom one afternoon and said, Oh, I've been accepted. I'm going to go live in Spain for the summer. she, She was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Um, and so, you know, I went and I did and I spent um, two and a half months in, in Barcelona and came back. And then when I was 18, I went um, away to college and, you know, very excitedly and without much worry about what how, what how it might go or how I might feel or if I might miss my family. And um, I guess in terms of those Sort of life decisions and taking on adventures. I've always been quite fearless in that way. I I think it's funny because when I when I think about it, I I often think, what's the worst that can happen? Um, and that that helps me a lot. Cause I think, well, what, what is the worst that can happen? You know, even when I'd met Michael and, and we'd been dating for only a month when we took a holiday to London together. And on that holiday, after only one month of dating, he went and had an interview with this company in London and they hired him. And so they, he was, he came back from this interview saying, I think I'm going to take this job. I think I'll move here to London. And I said, Oh great. I've always wanted to live in Europe. And he was like, what do you mean? You're going to you're going to come with me you're only 22 years old and I was like yes of course like what you know what could possibly go wrong (laughs) and and I really I I thought about it you know what's the worst that can happen well we we fall out of love and I go back home or I don't like living there and I go back home or um you know I mean I think in so many in so many circumstances if we really did ask ourselves what's the worst that can happen that that worst case scenario is actually not that bad i guess that's my take on it to answer your question i do think in in some ways i i, I don't have that element of fear in my decision making yeah
0: it's interesting because I'm i'm really fascinated about the decisions that we make and and what guides us and what part of it is innate in our personalities and what part is something that we learn or that has been fostered maybe by Mm. our upbringing and do you think that your your upbringing has anything to do with that
1: I don't know it's really hard to say I think you know I'm from a big family I'm the eldest of five kids and you know I think that birth order actually has a lot to do with it in the way that I was probably parented and um you know being an eldest child i think a very it's a very typical trait to be a you know quite determined and to be a go getter in some ways and you know i think that's something i've always i've always been but i don't know i mean i look at i'm the only one in my i'm the only one of the five of us that that lives out of the state where we grew up in in the us um and i guess I'm I, you could say I'm more adventurous than than the rest of them and I don't know that's probably just something I've always been I don't know if it was really the way I was parented but it's yeah I, I find actually this that whole conversation is a whole really amazing and fascinating topic especially having five kids of my own because I can see so clearly those traits of birth order in my own children and how they compare to the the family I come from and, yeah, I find it really fascinating.
0: Obviously so many people know you through Instagram, which is, of course, very different to knowing you. Mm. Um, What might people be surprised to learn about you? What are some of the struggles that you've faced or, you know, and how have you overcome them during, you know, the past sort of 10 or 20 years that, um, you know, you've been an adult, I guess?
1: (laughs) Um, I I don't know. It's... I mean, I think, gosh, I feel like, I feel like I'm getting the the beauty of growing up really is that I feel like you become more loving towards yourself and more less, I, I'm looking less for approval or a liking from everyone else and more about working on myself and doing something for my, you know. For my own development and and you know, I don't know, I think that's something that i've I've been working on and and feel really good, good about in the last few years is just caring less what people think um, and you know that that's something i I think again, going back to to birth order, I'm an eldest child and one of the biggest traits of an eldest child is wanting to be liked. And I see it in so many of the eldest children of friends that I, of all my friends and, and we like to be liked, you know, and, and we, we seek approval from others. And and so being a good student was really important to me um, growing up. And, and then, you know, you bring in this element of social media and you want to be liked, you know, and you want people to say good things. And so when you get, a comment that's not nice or disapproval from people. It can be really, really hard. And, and that's something that I struggled with in the beginning when I first got on Instagram um, probably seven or eight years ago now, probably eight years ago now actually. Um, and I feel like I'm really starting to overcome that, which feels really good um, and just – caring less about what people think and and more about how I think of myself and and, um, what kind of listening to that intuitive self and what feels good and am I a good person and am I doing the right thing and am I loving my family and, you know, all of those considerations matter so much to me. Mm.
0: And I guess talking about journeys as well, we first came into contact about 10 years ago when, I became a contributor for Baby Chino, which was at the time a blog. Mm -hmm. And now it's a family lifestyle site and shopping portal. So what are some of that you've been so, you know, establishing uh, founder of? So what are some of the big lessons that you've learned over the years of your involvement with that business? Because that's grown and evolved and changed a lot over the years as
1: well. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I feel like I, you know, I really had never, that was my first introduction to having my first, my own business. Um, and we, I started it with, um, two friends of mine in Europe and it grew so organically and naturally from uh, the very beginning and, and all the way up until now. I mean, we've never had a business plan. We've never had some sort of strategy. Um, and I've, you know, we've learned so much through, through that business. And, and obviously I think having an online blog and, and then a portal, it's, it's fascinating because you can really see how quickly the landscape changes in that area and, um, and how it's continues to change. Um, and yeah, I guess, um, well, we've had that business for nearly I think it'll be 13 years in October so 12 years we've had that business um and yeah that's been a really good lesson in learning how to adapt to the the changes and and needs of of you know what what readers want and what businesses want so we started as a blog and then we um after three years we launched the shopping portal and that portal was really an answer to two very different needs so we were we were present we were offering a portal as a solution for readers and shoppers to find those independent independent brands and, and products that they were seeking that you know it was this kind of shift in mindset for people and parents to be buying more unique independent products instead of just like what you'd find at your department store you know there was this trend to suddenly want to show up to a birthday party with something a bit more different than what you know you would just like your typical toy, and also at that same time, there was this huge shift in and a whole an increase in all these independent children's brands and so um, lots of brands wanted came to us because they wanted that exposure that you know that we could offer them. And this was way before there was Instagram. So back then we kind of were that, um, online platform for them to that, you know, brought together the shops and and the shoppers. Um, and of course now all of those shops and businesses have their own Instagram and their own ways of gaining exposure. And so we've had to kind of look at that and see, you know, how revisit how, how our business is, plays in that, in that world. And um, I think that it, it'll be interesting how, how it goes and, and the kind of shape that it takes from, from here because it changes so quickly.
0: And what have you enjoyed most about that? Because, again, like I feel I really want to explore these ideas of following our passions with what we do with our work and what part of being involved in Babycino have you enjoyed the most?
1: I mean, there's so many aspects that I enjoyed. I really, um, I really enjoyed well having a business that was so so closely related to my life. You know, I mean, at the time it was uh, I had two children. Um, My business partner Esther also had two children, and um, Emily also had two children. So we had these young children, and we we basically have have kind of tailored this business to the growing up of our children and um and it I I love that I love that it was it was such a passion project for us it was something we were we you know especially I think when I lived in London I was a lot more um involved and passionate in that business but um you know it was it was so fun for us to, for example, have a birthday party for our children and try to come up with a really fun theme and, um, and creative ways to celebrate in that theme. And, and it, and so then we would go and we would blog about that. And it was so, it was just such a, it's been so a part of my life really. Um, and also I've really enjoyed working with um esther and emily so my two business partners with baby chino and working alongside them and and i really i think that it can you know not every business like that can survive with friends being run by friends but ours has and and it's um i think it's just a testament to our friendship and also just our commitment to the company and um I I found so much inspiration from working with them and and also like being able to have children and still work together because, you know, I would have a baby and and be less involved, but Esther and Emily could step in and then Esther would have a baby and I could work and fill in, you know, for the space that, um, she had left empty, you know? So it was, it's, yeah, it's been uh, so many things about that business that I really enjoyed.
0: That's great. And so of course, as you mentioned, um, Initially, you have now launched an online course. Well, you, it was called The Loop. And I understand that another one is in the works, as you um, mentioned a little bit earlier. So I sort of see this thread of communicating with people and creating a community seem to be consistent themes. Because really, I mean, you do have a very large following on Instagram. I'm sure if you wanted to be a full-time um, influencer you could be you know there there are so many options available to us but this seems to be the type of work that you're drawn to why do you think that is what is it about those strands of your your career and your work life find you find interesting
1: oh that's such a good question um I mean I think I mean that's really the beauty of blogs and Instagram is that it allows us to feel so connected to a community, an international community. Um, I, I've i met some of my closest friends through Instagram and um, I actually met my best friend through Instagram. Um, and I think, you know, I met you through the blogging world and so many, it's opened so many doors in that way and I feel like it's such, you know, it's, if few think If I sometimes I think back to the days where my mom was parenting and she was home with her children in a house. She wasn't working. She didn't have Instagram. There was no way for her to connect or learn or, you know, she wasn't getting in- recipe inspiration. You know, little phone in her hand. You know, it, it. She had to like come up with those things herself. Or, you know, maybe she would meet up with friends every once in a while. But I think we we can, we have so much, there's so the, the benefit of this community that we have is so wonderful. And I just feel so inspired by all of the people that, that I get to come into contact with every day through that. And, um, yeah, and there's so many wonderful ideas and, and, um, yeah, I think it's, I really, I love that aspect of, of what I've, I've done and I guess what I continue to do, I mean, that's especially what I love about the e-course. So, um, and and I think what everyone loved the most about taking the course as well was just that community aspect and, and the value that is in a group of women coming together, to sharing their insights and offering tips and, being there in a space where you can you're all there with the aim of learning and growing together. you know, I think that's um, there's so much value in it and and something that I really enjoy um, being a part of
0: and um as as I sort of said this this podcast is called Imprint because I'm interested in this idea of the decisions we make in relation to all the choices that we have and how the impact of these decisions have not just on our own lives but the world as well. So when we live in a world when we can, almost anything is impossible, is possible and we have so many choices, yeah. what do you want your life to be? What imprint do you want to make or leave on this planet or this world or your community?
1: I guess, I mean, I'm sure that it it will continue to evolve um, over time. But, you know, I'd say I'd really hope that I can leave a positive and inspirational imprint on parents who, you know, offering them sort of the the positive side of parenting th- to see the joy in in this position that we are in and um you know and like you said before about slow living i mean I, if if i can inspire others t- to do the same i hope that that's something i can do and you know obviously we're all we're all learning and we're all kind of figuring out what works best for us and our families but also you know this year i think more than ever I'm motivated to share ways that we can be more mindful to our planet and, you know, how we can live a more environmentally conscious life. And, and a lot of that does come down to that sort of slow living and, and finding joy in the, the more simple, you know, activities and, um, ways of of living I don't know it's hard for me to I guess describe what I'd like my imprint to be I mean it's a wonderful question but um but yeah I guess I guess my biggest joy right now in my life is and and I guess the thing I'm I'm most proud of is really you know being a mother. to to my five children and and my family and and how much i love and enjoy being a mother and um you know if i can inspire others to find ways of enjoying their children and slowing down in their life and being more conscious to live more environmentally then that would be a wonderful achievement
0: yeah and one of the things I find as well is that when we when we choose a particular path or a particular type of life, we really have to create boundaries and there are certain, um, you know, we have to sort of, if we're saying yes to one thing, then it means we're saying no to something mm. else. And I think that this is something that I've, observe within you I feel like you're really good at setting boundaries about what's most important to you whether that's um in relation to your family or the type of work you do or even what you choose to share on Instagram um would you agree that the boundaries are something that you you set intentionally or how's your approach
1: on that oh a hundred percent I mean I'm a I'm a big believer in boundaries in so many different ways like across everything setting boundaries for myself and and for my children and and for our family and um just trying to you know i don't know i guess think about the bigger picture and um and what you know each of the you know all of the actions that we take how that what kind of effect that has on on ourselves and our and our you know and the people around us and And on our planet. So a simple kind of analogy is really, you know, with our children, are we, when you have boundaries in place, your children with, you know, if you put, have this boundary around your children and you hold them tightly, then they feel more secure in that, in that, and they feel more free in a way to, to live because they know that they're being held tightly, um, and I guess that that you know would sort of apply to to us. Oh, I mean, and 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 yeah, I'm I I know, I know. In yeah, I guess when it comes to to making decisions about my own life and and saying yes or no to certain things, I I yeah, I just kind of go with my gut and what feels right. And and you know, if something doesn't feel right for whatever reason, if there's a little niggly feeling inside, then I just I don't I, I say no to it. I don't do it.
0: And what about sort of getting more nitty gritty in terms of time management? Because again, I think that this is something that really presents on your feed. And I see this, you know, comments people make about how do you manage to, you know, have your home so tidy all the time and your children look perfect. You know, these are the kind of things that people say. And obviously, um, I think that perhaps you manage your time really well so that you Okay, I'll give you an example within my own home. I find that, say, at home, the more that I um, keep on top of keeping my house tidy, the easier it is to keep tidy. You know, that's something that I find yes. with how I manage my home. And in terms of how I manage my work productivity, I really try and focus on my most important tasks first and really get them done have you found any sort of things that really work for you in terms of how you manage your home life or your work life in terms of being productive and any things that you've really learned over the years?
1: Um, well, I'm just a, I think like you, I'm a constant um, tidy upper and um, like you, I think that, you know, if if you let your house get messy, it will get even messier. So um, I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't watch any TV. I think that's such a huge thing. <laughs> like people always say, how do you have time for that? And I just think, well, I don't, I don't often, I, I never sit around and watch TV. So um, when I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I, when I could be watching TV, I'm often, you know, folding laundry or tidying up the kitchen or trying to organize and regroup my house so that we can wake up the next day and feel fresh and organized from the start. And, um, I like that. I like kind of having a, a, a clean, organized start every day. Um, I'm a big believer in lists, you know, when it comes to tasks or the work that I have on my plate, I like to have, um, write down what needs to happen and tick off what I've done. And, um, you know, and just one step in front of the other. Um, and, um yeah I mean I think I I don't I don't know I I I feel like yeah so it's a it's a constant work in progress you know trying to keep all the wheels turning and in motion and you know all of the balls that we're juggling as mothers you know to keep all the balls in the air I guess isn't to use another analogy but I I really think that um also, you know, I can't really take all the credit. I have a really wonderfully hands-on husband who is like such. I mean, I think he he probably really deserves to be on this podcast more than I do, in terms of keeping our Maybe family. Maybe I should. That's probably actually a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of keeping our, you know, being the glue that holds our family together, and and and. Obviously, and no person is better than he is at knowing when to draw a line and having boundaries and doing what is good and right. And I mean, I constantly go to him for decision making help, and um, I think that I am so lucky in that regard. There is no way that I could accomplish all that I accomplish or do, you know, do all that we do without without his help.
0: Well, that actually sort of segues nicely into my next question, which is about mentors and how have you had any mentors along the way? I mean, it sounds like in some regards, maybe Michael actually has perhaps been a little bit of a mentor for you or certainly a sounding board, but have you had any along the way in terms of your your business life or business career or um, even to do with family and those other more personal development side of your life? And also, are there any
1: people that you really look up to? There are so many people, that I can specifically think of who have helped shape, shape the path um, of my life up to this point and, and the decisions that we make and the way that I parent and the way that, um, you know, that we live our life. And, and I think, like you said, Michael is my biggest mentor in life. And I he's the smartest person I know and so inspiring in so many ways. And that's helped um shaped so many things for me and, and and given me clarity but um I'm currently it's so interesting because I'm currently working on my next e-course which is about pregnancy birth in the first year and just even thinking back to the beginning of my um motherhood journey and and how much I've learned since that beginning and and you know when I think about the way that I gave birth like the people who shaped those experiences for me. And I, I mean, I can think back to, you know, even um, when I first took my first yoga class and and my yoga teacher in London, Nadia Narain, and and how much she influenced me in, in learning to trust my body and have that sort of mind-body connection. And, um, and then, you know, I remember reading Ina May Gaskin's book about, Birth and and she had a profound huge effect on the way that I birthed babies and and my last two babies were were um, I, f- I feel like such a credit to her and um, and moving here and and meeting the you know I mean even sorry thinking back even before my business partners particularly Esther um, taught me so much about parenting and and um, um, I really. I really respect and honor the way that she parents her children and um, and then moving here and, and the friends that I have here and, you know, one of my closest friends, Amy, is a really wonderful mother and she's so in tune to how her, you know, her relationships in her life and, and that really has been so inspirational for me. Um, and, you know, work-wise, I... I have to thank you for a lot of the <laughs> um, inspiration and mentoring that you've given me. I mean, you've been a huge mentor for me in in, in the last more than a year, um, last couple of years. So, um, you know, I think I, I, I really believe in, you know, this idea of soulmates and we, and it doesn't just apply to your partner. You know, I think there's so many soulmates that I have in life that are that extend beyond my partner and and I'm incredibly thankful for them in my life.
0: So um, I've got some questions that I just some quick questions I want to ask but before I do so so what's next for you I mean obviously it feels like our whole world is just completely wrapped up in in what's happening with coronavirus but yeah but if we either just sort of try and push that aside or just look a little bit broader than that what do you, what do you, what are you looking forward to in 2020 or beyond?
1: I'm really looking forward to um, to launching the next e course. Hopefully, in the next six weeks or maybe a couple months, um, and you know, hoping that that actually it might be a timely um, moment to be able to launch an e course because the beauty actually of an e-course is that it brings together a community of people online. And so we can all connect from our own individual homes all over the world. And so hopefully that will resonate with, with people. And, and I also, I'm excited about this particular topic because I think it's um, it's a really sacred season of your life you know pregnancy and birth and that first year of your baby's life and and it's so important to be to have a community around you during that time and to feel the connection of other people and the you know collective wisdom that we can all share with each other and so hopefully it will resonate um, with people um, and I don't know what else for 2020. I mean, we we were hoping <laughs> Michael turns 50 this year. We were hoping to have a big party for him um, in June, and I don't know what what will happen now with the um, coronavirus. And um, Michael's father turns 80 this year, and so we were hoping to make it over to the U.S. to celebrate that. So, um, so you know, there's a lot of unknowns right now. I think for everyone, and so we're just taking it you know, day by day and trying to go with the flow. So as I mentioned,
0: um, I've got some little questions that I wanted to ask you and this, um, this podcast in many ways has evolved from the blog that I used to have daily imprints. And I used to publish these questions every day with different people, creatives and people that I would come across during my work as a deputy editor on a interiors magazine. So I thought I would ask you some of these questions. So they're just kind of quick questions, just whatever comes to your mind first and, um, yeah, let's see. Some of them you've kind of answered a little bit, but just let's go with what what happens. All right, so which five words best describe you? Wow. Determined.
1: Um, <laughs> it's so tricky. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think I'm happy. Um, I'm quite organized. Um, I'm can be quite stubborn (laughs) and I also think I'm quite loving okay great there you go you got you got five (laughs) well done okay
0: (laughs) what was your first job and what path have you taken since oh gosh my
1: first job um are, are we thinking of going all the way back to like when we were little.
0: (laughs) Well, whatever, whatever. I mean, some people used to say like literally their very first job, you know, if they were sort of working at a newsagent or something like that, or other people would say like their first career job once they left uh, university or
1: Mm. however you want to take it to mean. So I've had lots of jobs, you know, I had lots of jobs when I was younger. My dad used to give us jobs from the time we could walk, who's a big believer in in chores and and jobs. (laughs) Um, But I'd say that my first real job was actually becoming a mother um and then my and that taught me more than anything else i can even think of but my you know i guess next up after that was really starting baby chino and um growing a business um from that point on
0: and what's your proudest career
1: achievement i i guess You know, I was, uh, parenting aside, um, I was really proud last year to launch an e-course and to have been able to connect with the number of women, and there were a few men actually, um, who signed up for that course. It was um, definitely, I think, in terms of my career, that was one of the biggest and most proud moments
0: and what's the best decision that you've made
1: oh moving here to Byron Bay hands down (laughs) Um, not a day goes by that we do not feel so thankful that we live here
0: who inspires you I know we've touched on this a little bit already but anyone else
1: gosh I mean my family I guess my family and my husband and my friends in this community and I I, I I feel very very fortunate to live here and to have the the connections and community that we have and I am constantly learning from from peop you know my friends and and everybody who I get to you know spend my days with coronavirus aside <laughs> <laughs> what are you passionate about I'm passionate about my family, Michael and I are quite passionate about cooking um, and eating. Um, we have long been passionate travelers um, but that that has sort of taken a back seat I think as we sort of start to reevaluate our life in a sort of environmental way and um, obviously I'm passionate about trying to leave this planet um with as little of an impact as possible
0: what's the best lesson you've learned
1: well someone very wise um told me recently that um wait what is it um done is better than perfect and (laughs) that was i wonder who that was
0: (laughs) what'd you say I wonder who that was
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I really love that lesson because I think um again, this is going back to birth order again, but I am a you know a perfectionist, and I think that can be quite limiting in some of the ways that we in doing things and actually just getting the job done um, and I can see it so much in my eldest son too he he feels like he can't um if he can't do it perfectly then he might as well not do it at all and so it's something I'm trying to teach my children as well as just done is better than perfect and you know actually doing the job even if it's not perfect teaches you and you grow and perhaps the next time you do it you can aim for perfection <laughs> you know or more perfection but um just get the job done
0: great which person living or dead would you most like to meet
1: um I don't know, right now, because I'm, I'm in the middle of this e-course and we're talking about birth. I just (laughs) think that it would be amazing to meet with Ina May Gaskin and and to hear her talk and share. And this, I, I just think she's such an amazing woman and she's been so influential on me in my life, but, um, definitely it would be an honor to meet her. Um, and I, you know, I don't, I, we never watch any movies and, and I don't know any celebrities. So this question is always like I never have the right answer for it because I don't know any celebrities or famous people I'd want to hang out with. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's
0: fine. That's all good. Um, And last question, what <laughs> What are you currently reading?
1: Um, well, there are two books next to my bed that I'm like both reading, <laughs> kind of reading at the same time. Um, one is called Cutting for Stone. And I actually don't know the author's name. And the other one is Educated. Um, I read um, Where the Crawdads Sing, which was such a beautiful book. I read that a few months ago. And then when I shared that on Instagram, so many people recommended the book Educated. I think it has a similar theme. Um, And so I've sort of half started both those books. But I guess because i'm doing this e-course there's so much research involved so i'm actually really reading a bunch of um more you know birth and pregnancy books courtney thank
0: you so much for taking the time out especially during this challenging time when i know that you know we have both of us have got our families home and it's a little bit tricky but i really appreciate it i'm so happy to have your beautiful home in my book as well and really thankful for um, our friendship. And I look forward to when we can actually do this in person and not have to do it with dodgy (laughs) internet connections. So I really appreciate it. Thanks
1: so much. Well, it's been been such a joy actually talking to another human being outside of my (laughs) family for an hour. So thank you very much for having me on your podcast and, and of course, for having me in your book. It's a huge honor. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for joining me today and the first interview as part of this series. I hope you've enjoyed learning more about Courtney's journey and some of the big lessons that she's learned along the way. Now, I would love to hear from you. If you've enjoyed listening to Imprint, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening to it today. And it would mean so much if you could also rate and review it and spread the love on Instagram. You can find me there at Natalie Walton and Courtney is at Courtney Adamo. And please hashtag imprint podcast too. You will find show notes for this episode over at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast, including details of Courtney's course. And just a reminder that if you pre-order still now, you will receive an exclusive bonus gift. Just keep your proof of purchase and also visit nataliewalton.com forward slash still. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bungelong nation where it was created. I look forward to meeting you again next week. I'm Natalie Walton, and you've been listening to Imprint.